school when you would fill out what your parents did for a living. I would write trimmings not knowing what the heck it was. When they opened up the window in the sweatshop, I used to go play on the roof. Is that a great place where you could play? I said, God, let the morning come quick so I can go to my sewing machine. I think I'm nuts. Hello and welcome to Sewing Community, the podcast where local Westchester area residents share their life and fabric and thread. I'm your host, Aaron Page, Director of Folk Arts at Arts Westchester, the officially designated Arts Council for Westchester County, New York. In December 2019, Arts Westchester began working with Amanda Browder, a Brooklyn-based fabric artist, to transform our nine-story building in White Plains into a cascading, colorful, large-scale fabric installation. All the stories heard in this podcast were collected from individual volunteers who have been involved in the building of this monumental work of public art. While this project is currently on hold because of COVID-19, our hope is that the stories shared here will in some small way sustain and deepen the social fabric of our sewing community. This week's episode features stories from Mount Kisco resident and quilter Rona Spar and Katona resident and fabric artist and educator Kimberly McCormick. Enjoy! Singer treadle machine, and that's how I learned to sew at the age of five. I had a great aunt who had a fabric store on Pitkin Avenue in Brooklyn, and I was the only girl in the family. She spoke not one word of English, but our relationship was she would give me fabric and I would make things for my dolls. I was a little kid. And then they finally condemned that building, and she didn't have the story. She was 90-something or other when they did that. There were no quilt makers in the family. My uncle was a furrier, though. He was trained as a tailor in Europe, and when he came to this country, he became a furrier, and he was very well known. I've always sewed, but just, you know, to turn up pants and make a skirt shorter. And then I discovered quilting oh, about 20 years ago. And I took a class, met some people who were with Northern Star Quilters Guild, and it's just been going on from then. And I always did quilts that were from patterns. I love making quilts for babies, and I've made quilts for my grandchildren when they go off to college, and people, and wedding quilts for nieces and nephews and so on. Lately, I've become very interested in, prov- in improvisational quilting and modern quilting, and that's what I'm doing now at this point. I am fascinated with color and fabric, more so than the patterns, although I'm getting much better at curved piecing and things like that. I love the colors. I'm very much loving color of of fabric and and texture, color and texture. I have been saving for several years just pieces of whatever would have hit the floor because it's waste. It would go in the garbage. So I just kept putting them in a bag and putting them in a bag. And it was snowing one day. And I said, what am I going to do today? I'm not going out driving. I said, I'm going to sew all that stuff together. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it looked like, you know, Joseph and the Amazing Dream Coat. And I loved it. And then when I saw that I was going to come here and that you were looking for fabric, I said, let me bring that. So I'll make you another one because there's lots more pieces of fabric to go. My name is Kimberly McCormick and I live in Katona, New York. I would say 
career-wise, um, I kind of married the two passions that I had, which was for art and education. So I work with all different kinds of materials, but I came into this world with a passion to create and make and do. I always had different mediums, materials, things that I was working with when I was younger. And one of the things I got when I was young was a small hand loom from my godmother, and who was Swiss. And so I looked at the directions and I put that away. <laughs> I just started playing with the thing. I figured out how to string it up. And I just wove this thing and I made what I wove into this little bag that I could carry stuff in, you know, like a shoulder bag. You know, in art and making art, I always had this appeal and attraction to things that went beyond the flat and the 2D into more of a 3D embossments. I got into printmaking very young and I, um, you know, I did etchings, but I would take them into these really deeply, you know, textural plates and, and things that was not just about surface, but was more about these kind of layers and levels. And I'm really did the same thing with the um, textiles, which is how I got into weaving in college and did um, a lot of textile work. And it's led me to collect textiles like from all over the world. There's just something in the feel of fabrics that I've always loved. I have given you a lot of fabrics for the project. However, I still have quite a number of bins, which I'm thinking I will probably have to go through now and see if I can donate more and get rid of. But there are pieces, like I have a beautiful piece of fabric that I got when I was living in London from um, Harrods, maybe? Mm. One of these big, you know, really famous stores. And it's just this gorgeous fabric. And I've used it for different things, but I've never, like, cut it up. Right. And I still have it. I won't get rid of it. It's so funny. And yet I haven't had it out of the box, and I can't tell you how long. You know, with sewing, I like I said, I started in home ec in school, but I also remember my mom always had a sewing machine. And she sewed a lot of clothes when we were young, um, dressing my sister and I alike, which I don't know. So I'm sure that that exposure to sewing was really sort of my beginning kind of love of it but I wasn't somebody who liked to take a pattern and make something mm -hmm. but I did start just making clothes and I remember when I was coming home from college in England um, I got word that my dad had a trade deal with the QE2 we were coming home on the boat and I had no clothes related to being on this like you know QE2 type boat so I just like grabbed some fabric and a sewing machine and started making clothes so that I'd have something to wear on the boat. <laughs> you know, my, uh, my mom actually spent quite a lot of time in India where I have now more recently. And so I have fabric pieces that she brought back. Uh, fabric is an amazing, they have stories within them too, how they're printed, how they're created, how they're woven, how um, the country that they've come from is reflected and the culture is reflected in that fabric. So I think that's really, for me, kind of the the pull and uh, an appeal. There story is something story. very connected to that meditative part in us when we put our hands on textiles. I don't know why or what, but I have seen this when I'm teaching weaving. I've seen it when I do fabric work. There is something that comes in you 
and that brings that ability then to express ideas or talk about things or get into very deep things of, you know, talking. I mean, I did one project. I do a lot of work with um, seniors as well. And fabric just brings up a ton of things for people like that, you know, the stories. And then, but then it connects to something real in their life at that moment and what's, you know, really important to them. Um, when I was doing a suitcase immigration project in a school with a lot of kids, I have done this in many schools. I take, I took in this like really old suitcase that was like a leather suitcase with the patches from all different countries. And I would fill the suitcase and then the kids would have to, by looking and, and kind of, um, going through the things in the suitcase tell me who the person is that immigrated over, who came. And what I did was I set it up as a woman who was a seamstress. So I would say to them, well, so here are the things that she brought with her. What do you think she did when she came here? How did she make money? So I had like a little, um, this very ancient old box I had, and in it I had like a thimble and these tiny little old scissors and, you know, things that were related around sewing. And I had a couple of these old christening gowns and I have a, a doll stand that I think is for making clothes for dolls from what I could tell from this thing. It's like really old. So it was just a bunch of interesting odd stuff. Then they had to make their own suitcase for their family's immigration here. And what would you bring if you can only fit what goes in, you know, this size suitcase? And then this kid brought in her giant stuffed animal. And I'm like, and what part of that's going to get stuffed in the suitcase? Thank you for listening to Sewing Community. Please join us for next week's episode with Nidia Novoa Sancho, Mary Lou Santoro, and Arlene Brill.